The Steelers had their first padded practice, and there were a lot of fireworks. We'll talk about the biggest moments from the offensive line to the defensive line, linebackers, running backs, receivers, corners, everybody on here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. We got Alan Saunders from SteelersNow.com. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And we are joined, as I said before, by Alan Saunders of SteelersDow.com. He's back. And Alan, it was a glorious first day in Pets. But I first want to just thank the God, whoever you praise out there, that is the higher power of this world. It was not even 80 degrees out there, and we didn't get rained on. It was good weather for the first day in Pets. I, I, was I don't have them here. You know what, though? I bought a, I bought a new pair of sunglasses. Uh-huh. All right, and they're like a little bit, a little bit of a different, you know, like, stylistic choice for me or brown uh-huh. maybe like a black guy a little bit different and i was like all right all right let's let's new, first day in pads and break out the new sunglasses and i was like hmm cloudy cloudy okay. was like <laughs> so, so the god was just me spending thirty dollars <laughs> like that's that's all it was that's all it was but let's get into what we saw here today first day in pads there was a lot of stuff that happened. So for those who don't understand, uh, you know, the Steelers first week of practice, four straight practices of some non-pads. Then the, then Tuesday, they 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 got into it. We refreshed you guys with some of the matchups that we wanted to talk about going into that practice. Uh, but ultimately, you know, we got we see things first. They come out, they do seven shots, seven shots a little different because they're actually going to be able to run the ball and. Uh, the defense did win four to three, but the offense, all three of their wins came on the ground. Their first two runs, Najee Harris up the middle, touchdown. And that's first team against first team, full live play like you're in a game. And the offense was able to win it, but the defense was able to win with uh, a breakup with uh, Patrick Peterson on Pat Fryermuth, and then a play where like everyone was covered and Pickett just threw it away. Um, and, and afterwards, I thought this was really interesting. This is a precursor for something we'll talk about later. But Joey Porter Jr. kind of barking at, at George Pickens and Pickens barking back at him because nobody was open and Porter was kind of talking about that. But uh, the offense, they got all their touchdowns on the ground um, and the defense was able to win. But then after, right after that, you go to backs on backers. And man, was there some fireworks. Chief among them, in my opinion. Darnell Washington gets called out by Mike Tomlin. He says, 8 hey, every time I see 9-0, TJ Watt, I want to see you right over here with him. And I'm like, hey, you putting Darnell up against TJ Watt? That's a little extreme, don't you think? Can he start with, like, Marcus Golden or Nick Irby? But, nah, he goes up against TJ Watt. And that first rep, he's like, 8 0 right here. Let's go. He lines him up, and Darnell Washington stoned TJ Watt, blocked him. And I was like, what i cursed like i literally was like oh bleep because i'm like how the heck did that just happen and then and then and then mike's like 
okay, 8-0, every time. And then the next time TJ Watt came up, he said, 8-0, he's over next to me. And then I watched the Cubs, he blocked him again. Now, I thought the second time he got away with a little bit of a hold. But still, the fact that Darnell Washington was not turned around and spun around and flipped around by T.J. Watt, who does that to all pro offensive tackles, was extremely impressive to me. And the way that Mike Tomlin pressed Darnell Washington in that moment, I thought was really cool. Chris, I say this with zero hyperbole. I've been covering training camp. I think my first one was 2018, like every day since 2019. That's the best I've ever seen anyone block T.J. Watt. I, seriously, like I was, I was blown away. Like he at any position, tackle, tight end, run. It doesn't. That was the best I've ever seen him on block. TJ one. It was like TJ wasn't trying, but TJ was trying. He was, and it was impressive. I have to say, I mean, impressive. look, I think that Darnell Washington has had a bad start to training camp. Yeah. Like he did not look good in the like passy part. He wasn't even noticeable. And, and when he was noticeable, it was not in a good way. Like when right. Mason Rudolph, who's been on this team for five years, takes a three-step drop, looks exactly at the spot he wants to throw, leans back and zips it, and it goes by his ear when he's not looking at the ball. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure I wasn't Rudolph that screwed that up. Like, yeah, right. like you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's been very good, but he was incredible today, man. I mean, I talked to Alex Highsmith after practice specifically about that because after he got two reps against TJ, then Mike Mike D was like, all right, go to the other side. See what 56 has for you. (laughs) And I think I would call that rep a win for Highsmith, but he certainly slowed him down. Like it was not a, a clean win. Now, weirdly, Nick Herbert kind of got him. Um, um, But uh, I talked to Alice Highsmith about that. I was like, so that's that's like a long way to go around, right? And he was like, "Oh my god, man!" Like like a long way around, right? Yeah. And uh, and he said to me, he's like, "I remember the thing. Like my first rep was against Vance McDonald, mm-hmm. who was the guy who had been there, done that already." He's like, "I just love being a part of like that." competition he's like that's what makes us all better he's like doesn't matter like who wins or who loses like we'll all remember who won and who lost for like 24 hours and then it all goes away it's like but that competition is like what makes this process special i was like that's yeah like that what a great day for darnell washington i'm like i don't know it's not gonna make him have a great rookie season um it doesn't mean that he's gonna be Awesome, but man, he showed what we can do in a big way. He certainly did. Other guys who I thought really shined in backs on backers, uh, Cole Holcomb, who really has shined all camp from from what I've seen. He has been all over the place. Looks like very, the only down back that they tied him to be. Um, yeah. I thought Mark Robinson looked good, and that's really the element that Mark Robinson should look good in when they're playing run defense. That's where he needs to shine. He he got an A for me on the on the day of first of first day of pads. I thought he looked really good. I still think he needs to improve his, his how he plays in the entire game, especially when the pass game gets involved. But he is looking more and more like a legitimate guy to include in a rotation of linebackers, along with the three guys that guys they signed in Holcomb, Roberts, and Alexander. I thought Landon Roberts looked solid. I thought Quali right solid solid. solid is an understatement. Solid right. is not enough words. You need. I, I agree. I'm, I'm. I'm not trying to oversell everybody. Um, uh, I thought Nick Herbert, looked good. Connor Hayward looked really good. And it was really interesting because 
when I was talking to Mike Tomlin, I asked Mike Tomlin this. I, I meant to clip this up, but I didn't include in the show. But I was like, you you guys seem to line him up both as a backer and a tight end. Is there is there a is there a, a, a preference to where you guys want him to be? And he's like, we just want versatility. We want him to be successful wherever he lines up. And he was he because he lined up both as a tight end and as a backer on back on backers, which. Again, I apologize for explaining this first for the for the guys, people who are new to this show. Um, backs on backers, basically a drill where the offense is protecting a fictional quarterback who's kind of just standing there. And the it's defense like is trying to boys get... worst day. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like you are being chased by TJ Watt. Have fun with that. Um, but basically, it's just offense, defense, pass protection who wins and that's that's all it is and it can be running back it can be tight end but it's skill player versus linebacker uh and it, it gets nasty now because of this we didn't get to see as much of the offensive line uh defensive line matchups i but we're gonna get those chances later in training camp but still alan am i missing anybody else that really had a really big day that you thought with backs on backers uh, there were certainly others who had their wins i, I think Najee harris and jalen warren looked very good as well uh they look like kenny pickett will have a lot of protection from the running back position this year but it seemed like this was a good first day in pads overall for the steelers well yeah i mean i think landon roberts um I think he removed parts of John Lovett's soul. Um, oh my gosh, that point, and that was back to back. Lovett lost; he, he got trucked by Roberts, was, and then he got trucked by Robinson. And I was like, "Oh man, that poor, that poor young man." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was hard to watch. Like, okay, here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing about that drill. Right, the drill is backs on backers. the 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 point of the drill is to get the linebacker to hit the running. Right, right. So the running backs always get all jacked up for the hit, right? They they get all and they're gonna like lean into it, right? And then generally, when they look stupid, it's like what Quan Alexander did, where you give him the little head and shoulders swim move, and then the running backs out of his shoes, falling forward, and the linebacker like, ha ha, gotcha. I don't think I've ever seen a running back just be like, "Here comes the hit! I'm gonna take the hit." And then ended up like nine yards backwards, flipped head over heels. Like I saw what Landon Roberts did today. Like I don't think that Landon Roberts is like an all pro or anything, but man, um, he looked pretty doggone good. That was a collision. Yeah. Uh, that that's that that was impressive. Um, I thought Nick Herbig really continues to show why the Steelers have faith in him as an edge rusher. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what like the world looks like when if like he ever has to play more than like 15 snaps a game. But if you need a situational edge rusher, man, he can do that job. He has some moves. Like him and uh, Connor Hayward got into this like I think they, they went five reps against each other, I think. So yeah, I um, counted, yeah. And Hayward won the first one pretty easily. Uh Herbig, I think eventually wins the second one, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like super um it wasn't super clean. Third one, ghost move, and just I think the clean like other than Landon Roberts like letting a stick of dynamite, uh that was like the cleanest win of anybody all day where he was just like gone. Not mm-hmm. even like didn't even touch him. Uh, I just think uh, he's a small guy. I, I don't know if I have faith in his ability to hold up to a run attack you know, i don't wouldn't be like super excited to get him in there against the ravens uh but man he's got a pass rush skill set that i did not see that i think makes them committing to him playing 
edge rusher make a lot more sense to me than it did two months ago. Uh, and so I think he was a big winner for me and has, has been really uh, all throughout camp. Uh, Jalen Warren, there's just something about that man in pass protection that I think it just, it's like the, the, by nature, the defense is the aggressor in that drill. Like they are the one yep. that is delivering the blow, right? Mm-hmm. It's backs. It, it, it's called backs on backers, but really it's backers on backs, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's really happening. Except when Jalen Warren's in the game, because he just goes out and finds a way to hit people. It mm-hmm. is impressive. It is why he got a chance to run the ball as a rookie. And I think it really, to me, when you put it up, and now I'm really uh, disappointed we didn't see Alfonso Graham in that you know, set, uh, yeah, shoulder injury the other day. You know, was one, I think the most promising of the rookie running backs. But like when you see some of the other rookies go in there now and you compare them to what Jalen Warren did last year, it's like, oh, well, this is why he was a dude and these guys are not dudes, right? Like, it's right there. Like, this is the whole – everybody can run the ball if there's a hole and if there's time. This is what separates the running backs that get an opportunity from the running backs that don't. I thought Anthony McFarlane was very good. He looked professional. You know, he's not the biggest guy. I think he gave up like pressures eventually, but but I think he held his own in a, in a way that, like, he's the third running back. There's nobody else. It's, it's clearly him. It's clearly him. I want to get more thoughts from you here from this practice in a minute. We'll do that in a second here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel Sportsbook, the best sportsbook in America. Now, FanDuel Sportsbook has a great promotion right now where you can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you can get 10 times back the, your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. If you just bet $20, you'll get you'll get $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose, on your first bet when you sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook today. That's $200 you can spend on anything anything from betting on uh, money, betting on the money line, over, under, to who you think is going to hit the first run, home run of the game that, that you're going to watch tonight. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use plus when you win you can get paid instantly there's no better place to bet on major league baseball than fanduel america's number one sports book sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get signed up and get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets that's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel official partner of major league baseball Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, um, backs on backers is thrilling, and we could talk more about some of the, the things we saw there, but I think we got across the main point was that certain guys had certain wins. But there was a clear highlight of the day that was not in backs on backers. It was during backs on backers, but it was on another part of the field, and the only reason we even saw it is because it went kind of mini viral on Twitter. And that was George Pickens absolutely mossing Joey Porter Jr. It was filthy disgusting first of all i i want to say that i, I preface this for all of you very well because i told y'all this was going to be the camp rivalry that was going to be the thing to watch but all throughout the non-padded practices they've been barking at each other porter will get a breakup pickens will make a play and they'll yell at each other a little bit and they'll go back to their huddles it's not like they're not they're not swinging on each other or anything like that um, but then today when the pads went on seven shots i think it was the third play of seven shots when Kenny Pickett kind of rolls to his right and he was looking for Pickens, but Pickens was blanketed. And so he couldn't find anybody. He kind of just had to throw it away. And afterwards, Joey Porter was like, just looking at looking at Pickens. And he didn't look like he was even saying it much, but he was like, yeah, you know what it is. And Pickens was like, blah, blah, blah. I'll get you on the next one. And so they kind of just went their separate ways. 
Well, let me tell you that George Pickens got him on the next one because there was this deep ball that was thrown. If you haven't found it, just look up on Twitter, Pickens and Porter. You'll find it, the full video. I'm not allowed to play practice clips on this show because of copyright rules or whatever with techno. Who knows? But um, when, 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 this, when this ball goes up in the air, first of all, these two are battling every yard down the field. And this may have been like a 40-yard ball or however long it was. It was a deep ball. But, like, they're battling, hand-fighting. Porter's got Pickens. Pickens got Porter. And then when the ball's in the air, they both turn. And Pickens might have got – I mean, he certainly had contact. Might have been called for OPI. But I think that there was – and that's where I felt, Natalie. You're shaking your head. I felt like there was enough contact for both sides that in the NFL, a real effort – If anybody, I think the fight had been on Porter. Right. And that's where but I feel he was like – first. Yeah, but, because he, he initiated the contact and then Pickens responded. And that's where I felt like it wouldn't have been OPI. But he goes up. I mean, he goes over Porter's back, makes the catch one hand. He comes down and then like Porter can do nothing but just be like, dang, that happened. And then, and then Pickens gets up and puts the ball in his hands. Like, here you go. And it was just like, oh, <laughs> it was so much about that play I love. The look on Joey Porter's face. When he looks down and he sees that Pickens has the ball, like he does, like this, like the head on the like, what is he supposed to do? Like, what more is he supposed to do? You can't defend that any better than that, not legally, anyway. Right. I think the answer uh, is that George Pickens is like illegal and a cheat code or something. But it really, you know, it's funny though, is that you said like, oh, and seven shots. George Pickens was blanketed. And I think, the, was he really? Is he ever really? If Kenny Pickett just threw the ball, maybe you would have seen that too. Is George Pickens blanketed? Can you blanket? George How Pickens? covered could he ever possibly be? Yeah. Just always throwing the ball anyway. He's always open, even when he's never open. He caught another one later in the day. I want to say it was in a seven-on-seven seven, or was the team yeah, pass? Yeah. I can't no, remember. No, it was seven-on-seven. Seven. He was double-covered in the back of the end zone, yep. and he had two guys that were doing a very good job. And one of them was Cole Holcomb, who had covered him down the seam, I guess. I, the other one, I think maybe it was Trey Norwood. Yeah. Um, did a very good job of not committing pass interference, but, like, forcing him to the end line and just like pushing him back, pushing him back, pushing him back. He jumped like four feet in the air and landed with about three inches between the defender and the sideline. and got his toes down, scored a touchdown. On any other day of any other training camp, basically ever, that would have been the best pass reception anyone had ever seen. And it was like meaningless compared to what had happened 15 minutes beforehand. It, it, it was just, it was kind the of. The guy's crazy. unreal. He, he said on a podcast the other day that he is yes. the best receiver in the world. And, like, I don't agree with him, but I don't disagree. think that he's not capable of that either. Like, he is capable of that. This is a little different than when Chase Claypool said, I'm a top five wide receiver. <laughs> this is this is a little different. Because when that happened, I was like, oh, Chase, maybe we shouldn't go there right now. But when George Pickens says it, I'm like, you're not right now, but you very well could be. Yeah, and the thing that I don't want to get lost in this is that Joey Porter Jr. is playing really, 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 really well. Like, he is, of all the players, compared to the way they were in the spring to how I feel about them right now, I feel like he's the most improved. There were days in the spring where I saw him get beat, and then I had to go look down at my roster to find out which receiver that I did not even recognize was the guy that was beating him. 
And he is just, he has gotten so much better so fast. And he had an interception today that was phenomenal. Uh, you know, ran the route for, for uh, Cody White, I think it was, against mm-hmm. uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, on a fly. He's in his ball. hip pocket. Bad pass. In his hip pocket, all the way down the field, turns, finds the ball, high points. Then he had like a 30-yard return. This is like textbook, like exactly what you want to see from a defensive back. He's playing really, really well. And George is just making him look silly. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's great. I want I want to play a clip. Here was Joey Porter Jr. from the first day of practice, or first day of padded practice, excuse me, on Tuesday. We talked to him, one, about how he felt, but two, uh, about his interception, and then three, about George Pickens in that play. Here was Joey Porter Jr. talking. First day in pads and, you know, getting the full workout in. I mean, it felt great, you know. Like Coach G said, we used to do stuff pad, uh, football-like, but today it was straight football, and I felt great, you know, stacking days. How'd that pick feel? Felt great. Felt great to get the first one on my belt training camp. So we're just gonna keep kind of stacking. Can you walk us through that play? How did you come down with the ball? Uh, just like everything I used to rep before practice and after practice, locating the ball, coming up with my hands. I've been really working on that. So the fact that it's paying off feels good. Joe, you're out here afterward, talking to Ike Taylor, running stuff with Patrick Peterson. You're getting some pretty big time tutorials here. How's that working out for you? I feel like it's working out pretty good. Those guys are trying to give me the game and uh, I just appreciate them to uh, really looking out because not everybody gets to get that experience and I'm getting that right now. So I'm Number blessed. So you've had some battles with George. What have those battles been like and how would you describe the back and forth there? Uh, it's been great. Uh, iron Trap and Iron, we had a good little one-on-one. He caught some crazy stuff down there. Don't know how he <laughs> caught it, but um, it's great, you know, we always gonna talk here and there, but we're teammates at the end of the day. We're just working. We're just working. How hard is it to keep your cool in those one-on-ones? Uh, it's not too hard, because at the end of the day, we know we're teammates, but we want the best out of each other. So we're gonna talk, we're gonna do a little extra here and there, but it's never gonna get past that point. Like Coach said, we know we're a professional team, we're not an MMA team, so we're just gonna keep it like that. Did he get away? Did catch or did he get away with a little something? I don't even know, I haven't watched the film. I just felt bro on my shoulder. I'm like, where'd the ball go? And then he came down with it. So it was crazy, definitely crazy. When you're coming off the field, what kind of things is Patrick saying to you? Just, is, is he helping you like almost like every after every set or is it is he letting you kind of like have your own space at times? Uh, he let me have my own space, but we talked before practice on what we're trying to work on, what we're doing. So he'll tell me a little something like, remember what we talked about before practice, just so I can have that reminder going on the field to look what I'm working for. I know Corey. So I think, Alan, it's really cool not just to hear him kind of praise George for beating him and talking trash to him, but also being like, you know, that's just part of the game. And that's and we're making each other better for a rookie to have that where that kind of wherewithal. I think that that speaks a lot to the maturity that he has, you know, coming into the NFL. I think it really sort of encapsulates what today is all about for the Steelers. Right. I mean, like it is literally beating the heck out of your brother because you love him. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what it is. Like we talked about it, Landon Roberts and and you know laying out John Lovett and um you know the, those two guys going at it and battling, talking trash. Uh, you know there was a play and uh, I think it was a team drill. Like Trey Norwood just obliterated. I want to say it was like Jamarcus Bradley or uh, somebody mm-hmm. on, on, the, on the the far side. I mean it was like, hard. That like, there were some hard hits out there, and you know. Sometimes there's some trash talk. There probably will be a day in this training camp when it gets hot and guys get PO'd and there's some pushing and shoving. And, like, 
and I'll put money now on DeMar and Leal being in the middle of that. Um, but, <laughs> oh, he was talking so much. I want to talk about that too. We're gonna to get to that in the third segment because I guess the offensive line, defensive line was a lot of fun to watch too. Like that is what makes these guys better, accountable. Like they they love it. They this is this is what they want. They want to be hot and miserable and competitive and physical because that's what they need going into the season. And uh I think they're really, really delivering on the intensity that is required to make that process work so far. I agree. I want to talk more about the offense and defensive lines because we've focused a lot on skill players of this, and the whole point of padded practice is to see the big dudes hit. We'll talk about what we saw in a minute here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, uh, so the offensive line versus defensive line happened. Now, I want to also specify, a lot of us were paying attention to backs on backers for, for that. And while backs on backers is happening, it's offensive line versus defensive line, while also Joey Porter Jr. and, and George Pickens and the receivers and corners are duking out. So there's so much to watch. There's only so many things that we can witness all at one time. So we did not get to see, most of us did not get to see individuals. But I will say, the offensive line looked good in 11 on 11, in 7 on, in, in, not in 7, you can't be 7 on 7, but in, in 7 shots, um, in 11 on 11, they moved the first team defensive line. I mean, they, they looked impressive. There were some runs that Najee Harris got off, Jalen Warren was getting off. Uh, I thought they looked good. And I will, I'll say also, Jim Wexel, uh, uh, guy from 24-7 Sports, he's been on this show. We, lo- we love Jim. He's, he's awesome. He knows his stuff. He told me in a word when I asked him how Broderick Jones looked in individuals, he said Broderick Jones looked fantastic. And he looked pretty good in 11-on-11. They put him up against Highsmith. And, well, he didn't put Highsmith. He went up against Golden and a few other guys. But each time he looked right in there. Didn't look. He was, he was right in line. He was not becoming a problem. And he was looking pretty solid for them. And I thought he had a first good first day in pads, especially if he looked quote unquote fantastic. And Jim is also a guy he's been on this show saying that he doesn't think that Broderick Jones will take Dan Moore's job this year as a rookie. So for Jim to say that, I think that speaks highly of what Broderick Jones looked like this, this week. But, but uh, Alan, what was your impression of how the offensive line and defensive lines mixed it up on the, on Tuesday? I think from the offensive line perspective, the thing that stood out to me was this is the first time I really noticed Isaac Samalo. Yeah, and how good he is. Uh, there was a run and team period. Jalen Warren broke one, probably the longest run of the day. It may have been like 25, 30 yards off the left-hand side. It was a kick-out block from Sam Alu that really springs the whole thing. Pat Fryermuth, um got free in the second level and blocked Landon Roberts into TJ Watts pursuit path. It was really just like two really good blocks. It springs the whole thing. I think to me, that's like really what this offensive line was missing last year is it wasn't that like the pieces were just so bad that they weren't ever able to do their job, but they were just missing that one guy that could be like, I got it. Like, like here we go. Like get behind me. Let's go. And I think Isaac Samalu can be that guy. And Project Jones is a really good run blocker already. I was not surprised to see him do well in that regard. Um, I was, a, you know, I'm a little more 
I think there will be a more learning curve for him in terms of pass protection. I did not get to see that drill either, but, um, you know, I was not surprised to see him running, but he was that guy for the second team line. Like I, I felt like they had guys that would just, you know, sometimes you just need that one big block. I think the big yeah. thing that's missing from the Steelers running game are explosive runs. Like, Everybody gets stopped in the backfield sometimes. Everybody has those like boring three yard carry runs. Like the thing that separates a team that runs a ball at 3.9 yards per carry versus a team that runs a ball at 4.2 yards per carry is like five plays a year that go for 25 yards. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the that's the difference. And they have not had those. And I really thought that Isaac Samo stood out to me as a guy that was making those blocks that do more than just his job, but really open up a play. Uh, and 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 allow the defense to be exploited. On the other side of the ball, I thought two guys really, I thought really stood out to me were Keanu Benton, who was the mm-hmm. first time I really, I mean, look, I'll be perfectly honest. Like when there's no pads on, I am not paying that much attention to what a nose tackle is doing. Right. Like I'm just not, like it's not that important. Right. Um, I really watched him a little bit more closely today and I was very impressed by what I saw. I thought Isaiah Loudermilk had a very solid day as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi just do not uh, get the, – they're not going to practice all day. You know, like those are older, been there. You know what they're guy. doing. Right. And so if they're able to to cycle through. I thought Braden Fajoko to me, he's a guy that I'm not like, – he's not going to be explosive. He's not going to be stats heavy ever probably. But, well, man, he eats up space. Good run defense. He eats up space. Like you just mm-hmm. can't mm-hmm. – it's, it's like, you know how you draw the football plays and you have, like, X's and then you have O's, and that man's like a giant rectangle. Big X. <laughs> just like, like, you're, he's like a whole box where it's just like, don't go here. Don't go here. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 felt like, I felt like the defensive line, there were certain guys on the inside. Benton, there were, there were a couple times where, like, they tried to double-team him. And there were a couple times, like, I think it was Nate Herbig got, got him, got him to, uh, out of the hole a little bit. But there were plenty of times where they double teamed him and he didn't go nowhere. And that made it easy for the linebackers behind him to make plays. And that's what Braden Bahoko does very well. So I, I'm with you. Like I, I was Keanu Benton was, I said, was one of the quieter guys in the first week of camp, but naturally so because what the heck is he gonna do when no pads are on? But with the first day on in pads, I, I thought he looked solid. And and that's not to say that the guys in the offensive line didn't look solid who were trying to block him. I think it was just a good competitive spirit out there between all the Steelers and everything. And, and I think that the, the it I think this was the kind of pre- first day of practice that you wanted to see both sides winning, both sides being aggressive and setting a tone and, and setting the tone like, hey, the Steelers, they wanted to be the more physical team on mo- on the field this season with whoever they face. And if, if they holds up as far as how the progress that this team is going to make th- in, in this training camp, I think they're going to be able to attack with that kind of persona. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing, and also, all this is all tied together. But I really thought this was the first time when we saw some play action from that offense. Mm, and good point. If they can if they can run the ball, like there were some open open guys, yep. and, and because even the Steelers defense was like, "You're allowed to do that. You can yeah, like, what? To run the ball. Where did that come from? And then you can throw it. Really? That's <laughs> they never did that before, Coach. What? It's like they they figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh we saw that a couple times there was one like cody white was just there wasn't a guy within maybe 15 yards of him yeah. there was another one where gunner was very open 
Um, I think that that if they can have success, they don't need a ton more success. They just need to have a little bit more success in the running game. I really think that'll open play action for them. I think it gives them you know the opportunity to do a, a bunch of different things that we haven't really seen from them. But man, that was very you know it's a great time to do it. If you're the offensive coordinator, everybody knows the first day in pads. Everybody knows you're going to try to run the ball a lot more, but like, man, there was just some open, open guys and in play action. I agree. And again, that's the balance that the Steelers are looking for winning the run, win at the line of scrimmage, and then it forces other players to have to focus more on it. And then it opens up other things. And then when they're having to worry about the big play behind them, then they're going to be a little bit more hesitant to come up and stuff the run. And then you have that balance of we can beat you both ways. That's what they've been missing. That's what they've been wanting. That's why they invest into this offensive line. That's why they look better. I'll finish on this point, Alan. We talked about three different phases. We talked about backs on backers. We talked about corners and wide receivers. And we talked about offensive linemen. Three key stars here. Georgia, Georgia, and Georgia. Darnell Washington, Ooh. George Pickens, and Broderick Jones. And I don't think that is a coincidence that on the first day of pads, all three of them dudes were stars. I don't think it's a coincidence. And uh, huh, just see, Mike Tomlin's daughter, where is she going to school? Where did she commit on a gymnastics scholarship? Oh, that's Georgia, right? So I think he got some more of them coming. I think I think he's he's more than happy to have that kind of a connection. Uh, he he has to be. I I, I don't know what how Mike Tomlin thinks. I don't know if he told his daughter where to go. But when we saw that on the interwebs, we was I'm like, sure he was not upset about it. Right, he was like, I'll take some free trips to Georgia to see the best team in football right now. Um, so but but point being, those guys thrived on the first day of pads. And they weren't the only ones. We talked about all the other people here, but I think it's really cool to see them. And they're all part of the youth movement the Steelers are trying to do right now. Two rookies in Jones and Washington and your second-year star wide receiver in Pickens, who I think is getting ready to be a monster that teams will not like to have to deal with when they face the Steelers this season. He's Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. This is the Locked on Steelers podcast. Alan, thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. At a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter at PGH Steelers now SteelersNow.com. And uh, you can also check out my podcast, which is new. And we're gonna have Carter on there at some point. Uh, but me and Zachary Smith. What's taking us so long? It's been a week, bro. It's been a week. It's been a week. <laughs> we'll get you on. We'll get you on. Um, me and Zachary Smith from around the 412, uh, doing that in the afternoon. So wake up in the morning, get your coffee, check out Locked On Chris Carter, go to work. Pretend to work for most of your day while you're reading stuff at SteelersNow.com. Exactly. And then in the afternoon, come check out Steelers Afternoon Drive with me and Smitty. And you'll have a great day. You will. You will. It's a great job. And I'll, we love Smitty. We've got, we're glad to see him on y'all's team because Smitty's a good dude and he knows his stuff. He knows ball. Um, thanks so much, Alan, for joining us here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, of the Locked on Steelers podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette where pit training camp starts up Today, on Wednesday. So we're going to be there uh, with myself and Noah Hiles covering that for the Post-Gazette. You can get all that coverage at post-gazette.com. You can also find me on the North Shore Drive podcast. We'll have Jerry Dulek on the Wednesday episode, so that'll be a special treat. And you can find me here on the, on the Locked on Steelers podcast, Monday through Friday, your favorite podcasting app, and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this channel. to get more episodes every single day, as well as our bonus content like we did this past weekend. We were talking about what we saw in practice. Also, remember, you can always, if you want to support the show, you can, you can 
can go to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars with a positive comment. You do both at the same time. You get a special shout out at the end of the show. Like this person, we've got Hello Boy BRB, who says, great show, five stars. Listen to every episode. Great show. Thank you so much for your five-star re- review. If you got one for us, hit us up on Apple on Apple Podcasts. Give us that review. You will get a shout-out at the end, the end of the show. And also, just a reminder, uh, we are still do, we are running out of time on this on this fundraising effort. We have till the end of September, but please donate to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation under the link that we've provided in this podcast. There's a QR code on your screen right now if you're looking on YouTube, and there's also a link that is attached in the description of this podcast, whether you're listening on audio or watching on YouTube, or if you just want the link hit up my hit up my twitter page that's where that that's where you can find it uh you, if you if you want i can send it to you just click on that link donate anything you can and if you donate ten dollars with a uh um, with with your question, you'll get your question answered right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. So thanks to everyone who's already contributed. We're, we've already raised uh, a good amount of money. We want to keep going. We got goals to reach there. Thanks again, Alan. Thanks again, you all for listening. We're back Thursday talking Pittsburgh Steelers and getting you more ready for the end of the week here as we see them in more padded practices. Remember, Friday Night Lights is coming up at the end of this week. Uh, we'll get you excited for that as well. Stick with us here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. 